Good morning. Welcome to Christian Warrior Woman. My name is Lisa Hawkins, and I am the author of the Christian Warrior Woman book, Taking Back Your Faith, Family, and Future. And today, we're going to spend, I guess this week, we're going to spend um, time going through key chapters in the book so that if you if you haven't bought the book yet, you it'll tickle your fancy to order the book on Amazon. And if you have the book, you can go along with some of the subject matters, but I am going to be pretty clear on the section that I'm covering and what questions I'm going to um, propose to you each day for you to answer in your journal. Sound good? Okay, well, buckle up and get your quiet time away, close the door, be in your closet, or wherever that place is that you find um, peace and quiet to truly engage with God and engage and invest in yourself. Take these, you know, I make the snippets purposely 10 to 20 minutes, so though that's enough time for you to steal away. That's enough time for you to get a nugget and you know, implement. I don't want to make this complicated. I want it to be something you can listen to when you're driving to work or listen to while you're cooking or listen to while you're putting your child to sleep or what, whatever forum that you need. And I recommend for people to play it more than once. Sometimes we need to hear and grasp things in various scenarios, but I would definitely recommend be alone, give yourself a time out, for God. That's the most important. So I'm going to start at the very beginning. Today is going to be talking about the intro. I'm not going to be going through all the details. I'm going to highlight some subject areas. And what I want to talk about in the intro is kind of the Christian warrior woman code. What makes you a Christian warrior woman? What makes what will make this impactful for you? Because you have to be hungry you know, I would say if you're passive and just like, well, I was just passing through. No, a worry doesn't pass through. A worry has a purpose and is focus and is moving forward, is building momentum for victory. Oh, I like that. I just made that up. <laughs> so anyway, each of us, and that's you, want to build momentum for success and for victory. So sometimes you get to that rock bottom place due to your finances, due to divorce, due to addiction or due to recovering from grief of a child or a loss of some type. Sometimes life experiences brings us to our knees. And in the intro, this is the question for you. What will it take? Are you there? Are you totally sold out? Have you made that decision? And I would say that's where it begins, that you have to make the decision to pursue God with an unquenchable desire and fervor. So whether you're a single woman or a married woman, you have to, or a business owner, but you have to be clear on how you head it. The world continues to scrutinize women about their outward beauty piece by piece. It's a self-hate formula to drive profits in the beauty category and lower the esteem of our young girls about their weight, height, 
you know, shape, skin, eyes, butt, hair, lips, legs, and arms. With money and greed is the driving force. We are really seeing in the world today the hunger, whether it's in government um, or in the world, the hunger for power, the hunger for money, the hunger for influence, but it's at a different level. Now it's almost do whatever in front of whoever to make it happen. But we have to remember who we are, what our standards are, who we have covenant with, what life are we working toward? Are we working toward generational blessings or are we working for the here and now? And so when you take the this step, it's not for everyone. It's not for every woman. It's not for you if you are the type that likes to stand around whining and complaining about what's happening to them. As you heard in the prior podcast, a successful a, a warrior is already coming up with solutions. It doesn't matter if they work. They, they're coming up with solutions to move forward. And in life, whether you're in the world or a believer, we fail at some things and we succeed at some things. But the one thing we have to do is keep moving forward. You talk to any scientist or any inventor, and they did not discover the light bulb on the first try, electricity. They didn't discover the elevator on the first try. They didn't discover um, the cure for polio on the first try. What happens sometimes? Trial and error. But the fact that they're moving forward to try to make it happen leads to sometimes discovering something else. So it's not for every woman. So you have to ask yourself the question, am, is this, am I the complaining type? Can I move forward and release myself of complaining and whining or blaming someone else? Christian warrior woman is for women who want to know what God's plans are for them. God has plans that outnumber our calculators. Have you seen the stars in the heavens? It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. Made some mistakes? I have. Or horrible things you've done? I have. Have you checked that box too? I promise you that God's plan B is the best plan. So women can learn how to take their lives back and bring healing to their thoughts, their beliefs, their actions in ways they never thought possible. It, the, the warrior way, sometimes I want to call it the Christian warrior way, is focusing on what is the truth. And who can be impacted and set free with the knowledge about God in their lives. We all get knocked down, but we must get up again. Not just one time, again and again. You must, you know, believe that your life is worth fighting for. That's the whole point of the warrior way, that you're, you get knocked down, whether it's your health, whether it's disappointment, whether it's emotional burdens, whether it's the loss of a love. You get knocked down, you get discouraged, you get tired, but you must get up. No matter what you believe in this world, if you don't get up to gain your strength to fight back, you will not, you'll lose. And you'll lose more than just 
your purpose, your children, your your relationships, everything is geared for that we have to fight with faith. We have to fight with confidence. We have to. There is a difference when a person that's confident walks in the room. People take notice. They feel your aura. They feel your presence. And when you have God abiding in you and you have that confidence, when you walk in, people want to want to know who is that person. When you walk in timid, beaten, broken down, stressed, depressed, people are like, oh, let's avoid that person. So do you want folks to gravitate to your light, to your power, to the words, to your testimony? Or do you want people to recoil and say, that's not who I want to be? God created us to draw people to our light, to be that beacon of hope, to be that beacon that people see in the distance and say, oh, I want what she has. Has anyone ever said to you they've wanted what you have? This is what you're working for in Warrior Woman because we are representing a kingdom on earth and we have to be kingdom citizens, operating with kingdom power, operating with kingdom knowledge, operating with the freedom that we are fearless against the schemes of the enemy. So this is what motivated me to write the book. You know, after 25 years in corporate America, as I've explained, I had to make a choice for my family. I never knew that that choice. I never knew that that choice would lead to my witnessing the power of God in so many ways um, through praying with people and ministering to families and women and youth in groups and really seeing their heart pour out for God and seeing their lives changed. I, you know, my prayer in my seeking of God was for God to be real to me, for me to know that it wasn't religion, it wasn't tradition, but it was that he loved Lisa and that Lisa could connect and have a relationship and understand and see God. That was what I was hungry for. I wish I could tell you it was one prayer and it happened, but for me, the Lord led me to a place that led me to be determined, which is the Holy Spirit, to be determined to chase him, seek him until he would have to respond. And that was the position I took. I went in it without a time frame, without a demand. But my demand was that I see your glory, that I know that I know that in every fiber within me, that I could believe like my grandmother believed, that I could pray like my grandmother prayed, that I could extend my faith like she extended her faith. And I knew that couldn't come from my own strength. That couldn't come. It didn't come from just going to church on Sunday. It came from my personal investment in my spiritual health and my emotional well-being. And that's what's so key, especially for women. We invest in our children. We invest in our jobs. We invest in our spouses. We overextend ourselves in relationships and we try to people please, but we don't extend ourselves for ourselves. And the number one thing that you've got to get in Christian warrior woman is that you are important, that you are worthy, 
and that God wants to use you to impact the world, not just to impact you to be a Martha where you're just working and running around, cleaning, cooking, picking up behind folks and going to the job and then going to sleep. And then the next day you do it again. You get up early, you're tired and exhausted and you're just like a working machine. That is not who God called you to be. We need to be the blend of the Mary and the Martha. There is a time to work. As in the word I shared a couple of podcasts ago, there is a season for everything. There's a time to sit and there's a time to listen. There's a time to receive. And I want you to the number one thing for you to benefit from what we're going to do this week is for you to to put your stake in the ground and say that I am important. My time is important and that have people respect your time and your barriers that you deserve 30 minutes by yourself alone seeking God. Whether in this podcast or in prayer, you need that for your own well-being. You'll hear in in some online training that I'll be doing, the number one killer of women is heart attacks. We have to realize that we have to make ourselves a priority. Nobody else will. And I wish I can just, you know, young women are dying of heart attacks because of stress and anxiety and worry and doubt. And we need to put our faith in our trust in God. Isaiah 58, 11 says, the Lord will guide me continually, continually, not just in one situation, but over and over. But we have to do what? We have to embrace that. We have to um, say it until, you know, they say sometimes fake it until you make it. But I want you to say it until you believe it with every fiber within you. I can tell you my first prayer, my second prayer, my third prayer, I had no idea where I was headed. I had no idea if I was being heard, but I was going to continue and be consistent because I believed if I was consistent, whether it was one year or five years or 10 years, that I was going to break through. And that didn't come. That came from the Lord knowing my heart. So let your heart be transparent. Be that person who lays down the gauntlet and says, I am going to pursue you until you respond. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I will not let go. And when we pray with that kind of power and authority and the enemy will come against you to take that from you and you say, no matter what, I am going to continue. So when we start in Christian Warrior Woman, we have to start with a belief factor that the end result is for me. The end result is in favor for me. The end result, I win. Because how I look at it, whether the, the Lord comes back, whether the world ends, I am on the right side. I win automatically. So you have to go in being confident. If Even if you're not confident in you, you be confident in your God. You be confident in Jesus and what he has planned for you. Psalms 23, 1, God will show me the path of life. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I was hoping for. And that is what I was putting my trust in. I may not feel it. It may not feel like that in my current situation. As you know, at that time, when I was doing this, I was unemployed. 
I was felt stuck because I couldn't move with my children. So I had to do what? Say, God, you will have to make a way. I am not going to move until you make a way and bring a change because I am taking the control out of my hands. So I want you to begin your journey. Your journey may be starting from a different place. It doesn't matter. But what matters is that we start. So I want you to not have to start where I started from an ambulance, from almost having paddles um, on my chest to revive me, from having a needle stuck in my heart to to bring me back. I want you to start from a healthy place on both of your feet. You know, why choose the route of devastation when you can choose standing in a bold position in a battle? So here's the battle zones. The questions that you need to answer in the journal today and answer them and be honest with yourself and be honest to utilize this in your prayer time today. You know, prayer isn't a one-time thing. Prayer is an ongoing thing. I don't know about you. Many people talk on the phone. They talk on social media. They talk on, you know, through uh, messenger. Well, guess what? God is always available to talk to as well. Instead of typing to the to somebody you don't know out in never never social media land, why don't you send a message to a, the God of the universe, the God that created everything under the sun and who created you and knows your weaknesses and knows your strengths and can catapult you to the next level. We need to think about how we invest our time and our energy Is yours invested in hopes and dreams and realities of other people? Or is it invested in what God says in his word about you? When he says he will guide your path, he will guide your path. When he says that that he is with you continually, he is with you. And you need to live knowing that. So here are the four questions that's in the battle zones of the introduction. If you have the book. As I mentioned, um, you have this already. Answer it honestly. First question, think of a life experience that was a turning point in your life. As I've shared in the book and with you on the podcast, the, the job situation, my health, everything came to a collision and forced me into a decision that it couldn't be my way any longer. And I had to find a different way. And I didn't know what that way was. And that's when... The epiphany of what do I really believe? What is my faith based on? My strength? Is it based on me working to impress other people or my family? Or am I purpose-driven because this is my gift from God and this is the plan that he has for me that will make me happy and successful and bring generational blessings? Question two, what did you learn about yourself? When I went through my divorce, I learned a lot about myself. By my ninth month, I learned that I would survive. I learned. <laughs> it isn't funny at the time. It was It was every month. It was like, what am I going to do? I'm a working mom with, with a child, and, and I travel for my living. It's just surviving and, and getting through and having peace of mind. It wasn't until my ninth month that I felt comfortable in that role. What, what are you learning about yourself in this situation? What are you learning your, about yourself in your job, in your marriage, 
um, in overcoming or breaking addictions, what are you learning? That it is a day by day. We live day by day. We battle day by day. So jot down what you're learning, because when you roll into doubt, and trust me, the enemy is going to bring doubt. He's going to bring lies for you to believe. You need to have these truths available in your own life. We have the word, but you have your own experience that you can say, you know what? No, I survived my circumstances of financial dilemma. God brought me through. God brought me through a divorce. God brought me through a sickness. God brought me through grief over losing a loved one. And God will bring me through this situation too. We have to self-talk ourselves off the ledge, self-talk ourselves to victory, self-talk ourselves to rest at night and to bring peace over our family and our lives. Self-talk yourself. And when you're praying to God, ask the Lord, Lord, what is it about me? that you adore. You know, ask God to give you words of encouragement, words of affirmation. It will come in your prayer time. It will come when you read the word. Trust me, it may feel awkward in the beginning, but when you get into the rhythm of it, you get into a couple of weeks, you get into a month, you will feel it. Third question, the pros and cons of change. Right now, you need a change. You need a promotion at your job. You need your marriage at a stronger level. You need your kids to have more wisdom and to make better decisions. Maybe it's your grandchildren. What are the pros and cons of you going to the next level? I don't know about the cons. The cons may need, mean to you that you have to be more disciplined or you have to let go of control. Ugh, that was hard for me. Letting go of control, it's still hard for me that I have to remind myself constantly that it's not by my strength, but it's by God's strength. Not by my power, but by God's power. And so what are the cons? Letting go. What are the pros? Letting go, getting, gaining God's favor? Man, God's favor overweighs my control by a thousandfold. <laughs> the last one. What change do you need in your life right now? I don't want you to make a long list of 10 things you need right now. I want you to focus on one thing. I want you to get the one thing. I want you to see your victory and put your faith in that one thing that I need to change. Maybe the one thing is letting go of control. Maybe it's the one thing of stating that I need to put my faith in God and not in my own energy and not in my own education, not in my own position, not in what people, the great things people tell me about myself, maybe not in my beauty, maybe not in my figure, my body parts, my hair, whatever that is. I want you to choose one thing that could change and impact your life in a mighty way. And give that to God and pray that through with God and watch things change. Many times we think that circumstances need to change, people need to change, our spouse needs to change, our children needs to change. And believe it or not, hopefully the rest of your family is not listening to this recording and it's just you listening in your private corner because you may not want them to hear this part, but... The change 
is probably that's needed is you. It's you that needs to change the mindset. Oh, that's painful to think. Oh, why has it got to be me? Because guess what? The only person you can change is you. <laughs> and so we try and put energy behind changing and and making other people bend to our will or manipulate or whatever or guilt them into to being a certain way. That doesn't work. So the best thing that you can do is to ask the Lord to change you to be accepting, accepting of the things that you cannot change and be open to the things that you can. Ask God for the change needed in your life, in your prayer time. Ask yourself, write out what things, and when you look at that list, you're going to see that it's maybe how I perceive things. It's maybe, I'm not putting that, oh, nothing, no one else does anything wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what we are responsible for is our actions, our behaviors, and our number one action should be to wait upon the Lord, to let him guide our our path, and to know that he is continually working on our behalf to bring us blessings and favor. So I pray that these words penetrate your heart. I pray that you are open to the new discovery that you are a warrior woman and that everything that you have fought and battled and has been painful in your past has led you to this moment to decide to be an overcomer and to impact other women and not let the enemy keep you down, but for you to keep down the enemy. So I bless you and I pray God's mercies and his forgiveness over you and that you are ready for tomorrow's challenge and discussion on Christian Warrior Woman. God bless. Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman, and today we're going to talk about the impacts of shame and what's the root of shame. Many women, over 50% of women, experience shame in their life, and many live many years struggling with shame. And there's some three key reasons that they live so long with struggling with it, because Shame, on a whole, makes a woman feel trapped. Trapped in a circumstance that she really can't change. And whether, you know, many of us can look from the outside and say, the person could have did this or did that. But in that moment, the person felt trapped. Also, they feel powerless. They feel they don't have power over possibility of the person or circumstances that they are in. So trapped, powerless, what else will that make you feel? Isolated. Isolated, and I always relate the isolation to keeping the secret because you don't share what you have shame about. You keep that hidden, which also affects you in relationships, affects you in your job, you know, it, it, you know, it just basically defeats you from your confidence. So when we look at many women in the workplace or women 
and that we know and are close to and we recognize they never speak up for themselves or they always just seem so like not self-confident, always having a lot of self-doubt. They could suffer from shame that's in their life. And believe it or not, a lot of times we think of shame with maybe being molested or something, um, you know, that can be horrific. But shame can fit. One of the things I saw in the research, that there are no universal shame triggers. There are no particular events or situation that any of those that can make us experience shame. So when I was reading... It stated that when the re- the research that was done on shame in women, that they normally fit into these categories, which I'm sure many of us can identify with. You know, people feel shame about their identity, shame about their appearance, sexuality, family, motherhood, parenting, health, whether it's mental and physical, aging, religion, and a woman's ability to stand up and speak out for herself. These are the categories in which women struggle the most with feelings of shame. Maybe you can relate to some of those categories. I have coached and ministered to women who felt shame about not being able to get pregnant, shame about being overweight, shame about... um, their eye shape, you know, they're wearing glasses because they don't want people to see their eyes. I mean, there there are so many areas that we can feel shame about. And it's such a plan of the enemy because shame makes us think less of ourselves. It makes us think we're alone. It makes us think we have no power. And think about who would want us to believe that, but the devil himself. We are his ultimate enemy. We are the the carrier of the seed, the, the carrier of people that will come and war against and battle against him in the earth. And so what does he need to make sure that we reinforce in our thoughts and our beliefs that we're powerless, that we are alone, so that we're isolated, we don't share, we keep secrets, make us jealous of other women who seem to have it together, but they have their own insecurities and shame, and to feel trapped with no way out. We, none of us, you who are listening, you are not trapped in your current situation. You are not powerless and you are definitely not isolated and alone. And that's what I want you to mainly get from how you release shame that you may have in areas of your life. Because the first thing we want to do is it takes courage to admit any type of weakness to a person. So bringing it to the surface and you know, talking about it with someone that you trust initially and getting a voice about it to share, maybe in a small group 
maybe with one of your friends to start breaking down what I found that I had to do. And fortunately, I think for me, or maybe it's fortunate for other women, the Lord really had me share my shame publicly in a book. Well, when the Lord was telling me about doing the book, I was like, I don't, well, I got to share it in a book. I can't like um, have a conversation with somebody or talk to a family member or a coach or someone. And the Lord, I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to do the book because wanted it to be out and done and over and this nitpicking of having conversations here and there, but never really releasing it, had it paralyzing me in other ways because it was eating away at my self-worth of how I, what I thought about myself. So I ask you today in your journal to think of three areas, and you could just do one. Think of one to three areas where you feel shame. I have ministered to women who felt shame because her parents were divorced and she felt abandoned by the father and it resulted in her feeling shame. I've had um, people feel shame about being divorced or being a single parent. There are so many areas as women that sometimes we even mention to people about feeling shame or they come into the church and they've had a promiscuous sex life and we, you know, give them a look or make comments like, oh, really? Wow. You slept with a lot of people. Those are all things that could make what? We can receive shame. We can have people try to put shame on us (laughs) and we can then put shame on ourselves. So think of these, there's three ways we can get it. We can have something happen to us that makes us feel shame. We could have someone speak something over us that makes us feel shame. Or we can do it ourselves by our life experience. And so we have daughters. You know, if you're a mom with a daughter, the thing that you want to do is to make sure you banish shame from her life. That you have deep conversations about things that she may feel shame about. You know, we ignore the high divorce rates in our families with our daughters and our sons. And we avoid addressing some of the areas that need to be discussed with our children, that need to be had, because shame can lead our daughters and lead ourselves into wrong relationships. Because we're seeking someone to make us feel important, to make us feel that we have worth. Because shame has made us feel powerless and unworthy. And we are seeking that power. And there is one person, one being that can bring us power and authority and make us know that we are part of his kingdom. And that is accepting Jesus Christ. And that is believing that we are worthy and our experience, each of us have good and bad experiences that can garner shame. But we have to know that we have to bring those to the throne of God. How do we release shame from your life? Well, keeping it a secret and keeping it in and keeping it bottled up is definitely not the way to go.
If we look at 1 John 1, 9, the word says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, I'm not sitting here to say that if someone did something to you that you're shameful about that it's your sin, but it is an unrighteousness that has been done to you that you know that God is faithful in bringing healing. You know, when we look at Romans ten eleven. it says, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. We cannot carry the cloak of shame on our backs and drag it into our workplace, drag it into our relationship, drag it into our friendships, and drag it into our relationship with God. God does not bring shame upon you. And when you stand before him and pray and you ask him to heal you, you ask him to renew your heart and mind and soul, he is making you new. He is making you pure and white as snow. And I want you to accept that, but we have to say it. We have to um, read it. We have to meditate on it. We have to meditate on it. So shame brought on from what others have done to you is healed through your forgiveness toward those who may have violated you or may have spoken words over you that you viewed as a curse. Um, You know, maybe they said, oh, you'll never be any good. You'll be like your mother or, you know, whatever someone may have said to make you feel shameful, forgive them. Forgiveness is key throughout our lives, as you'll learn, ladies. And we need to just learn that forgiveness can be a process in deep, painful situation. But the words, I also notice when I forgive someone, neither their name nor the circumstances causes a reaction from me physically or emotionally in the future. And one way I know that I've forgiven someone is that they don't, it, that they don't, the, their name doesn't arouse anything within me. And so we know when we have forgiven someone, if we still, when their name comes up, have to talk about it and say, you know what they did to me and blah, blah, blah. You haven't really forgiven. You gave lip service, but you haven't forgiven. So today I want to share with you a couple of things that you can do. For one, I want you to speak out loud against shame with yourself first. And these are stickies you can put on your mirror, in your car, or maybe in your journal or in your wallet if you need to look at them. But there's statements such as, I am worthy, I am respectful, I am pure, I am holy before God, I am a new creature, I am free from shame, I am no longer a victim, I have a future, I have hope, I have joy. Replay what I just stated if you need to. And here are two different prayers that you might look, you know, that you might want to pray or might want to use. And I'll read this slowly so you can capture it. And this is how you would probably pray to forgive this person if you're saying it as a person that may have made you feel shame. 
Lord, I pray to forgive, and I'm stating blank, and you might have more than one person. So let's say blank and blank for the shame that they have attached to my identity. Lord, I release to you all the lies, feelings, and emotions attached to the harm they have done, such as, and you'll list that blank, blank, and blank, or if you've got more blanks, you add that. You go on to say, I ask forgiveness for believing the lies that their actions were were my fault. Father, I lay down my judgment and place them in the hands of their creator. I trust your love and righteousness in Jesus' name. The second prayer could be, Lord, I repent for engaging in actions that led to my shame. I was wrong when I blank, blank, and blank. Father, I ask for your forgiveness. I pray to learn and grow to be a faithful daughter of the Most High God. There are people who feel shame about drug use. We've got an opiate epidemic going on, and there's many people who feel shame about coming out and asking for help or alcoholism. I have um, worked with a woman who was riding around with a QT cup, and she had vodka in it. And when I was talking to her, I smell, I was like, dang, I smell liquor. But she had a QT cup. Never occurred to me that she would had she had that in the car, so if she was stopped by an officer, they would see the QT cup. So found that interesting. But there are so many areas that we have shame about, but you know what your area is. I just want the Lord to fill your soul with truth about your worthiness. I want you to say the prayer or a prayer similar until you feel the shame broken off. I want you to speak and speak to yourself and speak positively. And when someone else tries to put shame on you, that you stop them in their tracks and you make it clear to them that is not who you are and you would appreciate them respecting your relationship and respecting you by not engaging in personal attacks against your character and against your identity. You have chosen to be a daughter of the Most High God. I want you to take on the confidence of being direct, being clear, and speak your truth and your worth I don't want you to give up the value of who you are ever again. God says in his words in various scriptures who he created you to be, who he desires you to be, and who he has called us to be. And I challenge you today 
to be that woman. I challenge you to speak up for yourself and to never let the cloud of shame abide over your head, your person, your property, or you again. I ask God today, in agreement with you, to break shame off of your life, to break shame off as a generational curse that could be upon. Maybe it's been passed down of shame from a mother or a grandmother, but I want you to stand in the gap today and say that my children are not going to bear the shame that I have lived with and kept it as a secret. And I want you to get the courage, maybe not today, but in the future, to share what you are shameful about with another woman that you see struggling with shame. Be a person of impact. Let what the enemy has used to mess with your life and stress in your life to bring victory to your life and to someone else's. Be a lifeline to another woman in the area of shame. We have to be the encouragers of one another. We can't be isolated and alone. We have to unite together in a sisterhood that says, not on my watch am I going to stand by and watch the enemy personally attack the character of my sister in Christ. I send you love. I send you the glory of God this day. And I know that you will be victorious. Be blessed. Amen.